You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. It's Wednesday, November 15th. Welcome to the President's Daily Brief. I'm Mike Baker, your eyes and ears on the world stage. Let's get briefed. In today's PDB, President Biden gets ready for his meeting with Chinese President Xi Jinping. A little later in the program, we'll look at the latest developments with the Israel-Hamas conflict, specifically the efforts by the IDF to clear Hamas out of the Al-Shifa hospital in Gaza. And more dissent within the Biden administration over how the White House is handling the war. Finally, in the back of the brief, a small town in Iceland braces for a potential volcanic eruption. But first up, the PDB Spotlight. As President Biden and Chinese leader Xi Jinping prepare to meet at the Asia-Pacific Summit in San Francisco today, we want to look at an important factor that could shape the discussion. Specifically, the economic sands are shifting out of China's favor. A report today in the Wall Street Journal highlights the downtrend across China's economy. The CCP is struggling with widespread deflation, decreasing overseas investment in the country, high youth unemployment, unmanageable local government debt, declining consumer confidence, and a deflating property bubble. Now, I'm not an economist, but that doesn't sound good. This stands in contrast to the U.S., where Inflation appears to be subsiding, albeit slowly, and which just experienced its strongest quarter of economic growth in nearly two years. Now, while China is hardly in a full-blown decline and may still outpace U.S. growth for some time, its dominant position atop the global economic ladder is in jeopardy. Xi is walking an economic tightrope as he faces the impacts of an aging population and contracting population growth, less rural to urban migration, and the consequences of massive stimulus spending launched in response to the global financial crisis of 2008. The country is now swamped in excess infrastructure, and the CCP risks defaulting on the debt used to finance these projects. The impacts of foreign infrastructure loans made under the Belt and Road Initiative are also weighing on the situation, as lending dries up and countries like Sri Lanka and Zambia default on their loan obligations. Authoritarian interventions by Xi have further undermined China's ability to compete. As an example, the CCP has engaged in a regulatory crackdown on private businesses and online commerce in a bid to further state control of the private sector. This has reportedly wiped out more than $1 trillion in market value and sent investors fleeing for cover. Xi's belligerence on the world stage has also caused the U.S. and European countries to de-risk by restricting and reducing investments and trade with China. Now, the intricacies of China's economic situation are complex at best, and we shouldn't imagine that their global position and influence, particularly in manufacturing, is coming to an end. 
These developments, however, do show cracks in China's economic foundations, which they are obviously anxious to shore up. The economic situation is likely factoring into a recent propaganda push by Chinese media that is embracing stronger relations with the U.S. ahead of this week's APEC summit in San Francisco. A state news agency report published Monday spoke of the, quote, enduring strength of Xi's fondness for the American people and featured old photos of Xi smiling while sitting on an Iowa farmer's tractor. Mm, that's nice. A wave of articles have also spoken of the need to get U.S.-China relations back on track. The articles have left the Chinese population, frankly, somewhat bewildered after years of negative narratives that painted the U.S. in an antagonistic light. Now, it's not all sunshine in the state media. Many outlets continue to lay the blame for frayed relations squarely on the U.S., along with the responsibility to fix the situation. And the Israel-Hamas conflict has also fueled some negative U.S. coverage in Chinese media and social media sites, blaming the U.S. for supporting or promoting the conflict and the violence against Palestinians. Now, this negative tone plays well with these so-called Global South nations, and that's a part of the world that China is looking to draw further into its orbit of influence. Tomorrow's summit, which will mark Xi's first trip to the U.S. in six years, will be a major test for President Biden. Republicans remain critical of the Biden administration's conciliatory approach with China, particularly considering their increased harassment of Taiwan, human rights record, and role in the American fentanyl crisis. Not to mention the Xi's regime's continued aggressive economic espionage and theft of intellectual property. Um, I guess I did just mention it. On the subject of fentanyl, rumors are swirling that the Biden administration will announce a deal with China to stem the flow of fentanyl into the U.S. Sources close to the negotiations have said it would involve a crackdown by the CCP on chemical companies that manufacture compounds used to produce the deadly opiate. In exchange, the Biden administration would reportedly lift sanctions on China's forensic police institute that were imposed in 2020 following reports of their involvement in the atrocities committed against China's Uyghur population. Now, the proposed deal is not without controversy, with critics saying that China will likely balk on their enforcement obligations if the Biden administration continues to make statements that are viewed as critical of the CCP and Xi. Critics of the agreement are also asking why the U.S. would lift sanctions, essentially throwing China an economic life raft due to their record of human rights abuses. Look, it's a good thing to have dialogue, particularly with a main adversary and competitor. The current level of communication between the two nations is not healthy for U.S. national security or global stability. You would think that in an increasingly intertwined world, the U.S. president and the leader of China would have, I don't know, regular quarterly direct conversations, and that the two leading militaries would have a consistent and regular back and forth between key command structures in order to ensure wires don't get crossed and issues can be quickly deconflicted. The reality is that while the U.S. and Chinese economies are interdependent, the national interests of the two nations, well, they rarely intersect. So, while we need better and more frequent dialogue, the White House, no matter who is in charge, needs to maintain a pragmatic view of China's leadership. Xi is not a benevolent leader working for the global community good. Xi is not interested in climate change. 
Xi will do what is necessary to keep the CCP in power. And now, right now, the biggest threat to Xi's hold on power is the fraying Chinese economy. So, acting in his own best interest, Xi will engage in dialogue with the U.S. He'll sit with President Biden today, and he'll probably talk about his fondness for America and the American people. He might even mention the tractor. When we come back, I'll put some context behind the standoff at Gaza's Al-Shifa Hospital, and we'll take a look at the latest dissent within the Biden administration over White House support for Israel. I'll be right back. Attention. If you owe the IRS, this is an important announcement. COVID relief is over and the IRS is ramping up like never before, sending out millions of collection letters to start 2024. Do you owe $10,000 or more or have unfiled returns? Now is the time to act. The IRS can garnish your wages, seize your property, and they can even take your home or your business. Don't let the IRS take advantage of you. It's time to call Tax Network USA. Their team of experienced tax lawyers has already saved over $1 billion in tax debt for their clients. They know how to negotiate with the IRS and can help you, too. Visit TNUSA.com or call 1-800-245-6000. Again, that's 1-800-245-6000. Don't wait until it's too late. Take control of your tax situation today with Tax Network USA. 1-800-245-6000. Call now. Welcome back. Let's focus now on the Gaza Strip where a days-long standoff at Al-Shifa Hospital between the Israeli Defense Forces and Hamas ended today as the IDF announced that it initiated a military operation against Hamas elements in a section of the hospital. According to the Israeli military, troops launched a, quote, precise and targeted operation against Hamas in a specified area in the Shifa Hospital. Now, I want to explain why this particular hospital is the focus of so much of the IDF's attention. But for those of you who are unfamiliar with it, Al-Shifa is Gaza's largest and best-equipped hospital. It's a 700-bed modern medical facility, and according to those on the ground, it's no longer functioning. Doctors there report a critical shortage of fuel, leading to dire consequences for the hospital's patients. Now, Israel maintains it is allowing patients and medical staff to be evacuated from the hospital, but Hamas claims that those who attempt to leave are being fired upon. Now, it's up to you to decide whether you believe the Hamas claims, whether you believe that the Israeli military is shooting at patients attempting to leave the hospital. Call me a cynic, but I really don't believe any claims made by a terrorist organization. So, again, why this hospital? Well, Israel has long asserted that Al-Shifa has a history of being used for military purposes, even referring to it as the de facto headquarters for Hamas. They allege that the terror group has constructed a vast underground command center beneath al-Shifa, linked by a web of tunnels. Now, these aren't idle rumors or conjecture. They're the use of al-Shifa by Hamas is well documented. For example, according to Human Rights Watch, the group fired at its Fatah rivals from within the hospital compound during the Palestinian Civil War back in 2007 and a 2014 Amnesty International report cited evidence of Hamas torturing and killing prisoners inside the Shifa hospital. The claim is also supported by U.S. intelligence agencies. A U.S. official with knowledge of American intelligence has confirmed that Hamas operates a command center under al-Shifa, adding that Hamas diverts fuel intended for the hospital 
and that its fighters regularly cluster in and around the complex. Hamas's practice of utilizing civilian infrastructure, like hospitals and schools, for military purposes has been documented in the past and certainly in recent days. This week, the IDF invited reporters from CNN to the Al-Rantisi Children's Hospital, which they claim served as a Hamas armory. In the hospital's basement, the IDF found an array of weapons, including suicide vests, grenades, AK-47s, explosive devices, RPGs, and more. And again, this is all stored underneath a children's hospital. Additionally, rooms equipped with furniture, curtains, makeshift bathrooms, kitchens, and ventilation pipes were discovered, indicating that the basement may have been used to house hostages. Now, just like Al-Shifa, the idea found a subterranean tunnel system beneath this children's hospital. While Hamas continues to deny that they use civilian infrastructure for their command centers and ammunition and weapons armories, Hamas sources have confirmed that the video shown by the IDF was in fact taken in the children's hospital. Okay, I wanted to return to the story of the growing internal dissent within the Biden administration of the White House's handling of Israel's military campaign in Gaza. You'll remember that yesterday we reported on a State Department dissent memo which carried the signatures of 100 employees. The memo accused President Biden of misrepresenting facts about the Israel-Hamas conflict and implicated Israel in committing war crimes. It's now evident that this dissent extends beyond the State Department. Over 500 political appointees and staff members from around 40 government agencies or so, including high-profile ones like the National Security Council, the FBI, and the Justice Department, are now expressing their discontent as well. These individuals sent a letter to President Biden on Tuesday, openly protesting his support of Israel in its conflict with Gaza. The letter makes a strong appeal to President Biden, urging him to actively seek an immediate ceasefire in the Gaza Strip and to push Israel to allow humanitarian aid into the territory. The letter states, quote, We call on President Biden to urgently demand a ceasefire and a call for de-escalation of the current conflict by securing the immediate release of the Israeli hostages and arbitrarily detained Palestinians, the restoration of water, fuel, electricity, and other basic services, and the passage of adequate, adequate humanitarian aid to the Gaza Strip. Now, those who signed the dissent letter did so anonymously, which, on the one hand, doesn't seem particularly brave, while on the other, seems to indicate that they're concerned about job security. Now, some staffers who signed the letter spoke with NBC News about their angst. One reportedly said, quote, I've heard it expressed among staffers of all levels that they feel a lack of guidance for how to talk about this, how to manage people suffering because of this. Mm. They added, and I'm not making this up, quote, a lot of people feel quite alone and frustrated. Okay, uh, well, look, I'm sorry, but I can't resist quoting another dissenting staffer. This one said, quote, a lot of us are political appointees who serve at the pleasure of the president, and a lot of us came from his campaign. So there's this uneasy feeling of not agreeing with what we're working on, end quote. Mm. Well, as they say, one way to improve morale is to fire all the unhappy people. Coming up in the back of the brief, we'll dive into the urgent evacuation of a small town as Iceland 
braces for a potential volcanic eruption. I'll be right back. Who is there for the families left behind when a service member or first responder dies or is catastrophically injured in the line of duty? Who is helping our nation's homeless veterans? And who is helping our nation keep its vow to never forget 9-11? I'll tell you who. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation. The foundations in the line of duty programs honor our nation's heroes and their families. That includes its Gold Star, Fallen First Responder, Smart Home, and Homeless Veteran programs. The foundation's Never Forget programs engage people in 9-11 remembrance across America, over 80 runs, walks, and climbs a year, dozens of golf outings and barbecues, and the Tunnel to Towers 9-11 Institute is helping to educate kids in kindergarten through 12th grade about our nation's darkest day, 9-11. More than 95 cents of every dollar you donate to Tunnel to Towers goes to its programs. This charity keeps its word and honors our nation's greatest heroes. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. These last few years have not been easy on our economy. And with tax season finally arriving, there will be millions of hardworking people and businesses that could struggle even more due to the IRS working against them and pocketing profits for themselves. America First Tax Group can help put an end to your worries. Just one phone call to 800-431-5684 and you'll be in touch with America First Tax Group, a full-service tax company that'll fight the IRS's predatory tactics and put you on the path to financial freedom. Their experts can help you or your business with any tax-related problems you may have, from dealing with your back taxes to granting you access to tax relief and much more. Don't wait. Get in touch with America First Tax Group today by calling 800-431-5684. That's 800-431-5684. Or visit AmericaFirstTaxGroup.com slash Tucker. Again, 800-431-5684 or AmericaFirstTaxGroup.com slash Tucker. In today's Back of the Brief, we'll turn to the small Icelandic fishing town of Grindavik, which right now looks as if it's on the edge of hell itself. Iceland has declared a state of emergency and nearly 4,000 residents are being urged to evacuate. Now, this urgent action comes as authorities anticipate the imminent eruption of the... No, uh, no I'm not even going to try to uh, pronounce that. No, Nobody should be stringing that many consonants together. Suffice it to say, it's a volcano with a name on the country's southwestern peninsula. Now, Grindavik and its surrounding region have been rocked by at least 800 small quakes, signaling that a volcanic eruption may be just around the corner. Adding to the alarm, massive cracks are appearing throughout the town. Notably, a nine-mile-long river of magma is running beneath the peninsula, cutting directly through Grindavik. The Icelandic Met Office is reporting increased levels of sulfur dioxide in the area, making it extremely hazardous, even deadly, for those still in the town. Evacuated residents describe hearing unholy sounds from beneath the earth and feeling seasick due to the constant tremors. So what happens if the volcano erupts? Well, experts believe that most likely the eruption will be small, with the magma flows beneath the town cooling and hardening without ever breaking the surface. One pressing concern, however, involves the... Nope. Again, not going to try to pronounce that. It's a power plant with a name, a geothermal station located just over six kilometers from Grindavik. In response to the looming threat, authorities on Tuesday rushed to construct a defensive wall to shield it from potential lava flows. Now, this may be too much information, 
But diving back in time, back in 2010, I happened to be in Paris when another Icelandic volcano, also with an unpronounceable name, consisting of 16 letters randomly thrown together by a nation that is clearly having us on, it erupted violently as well. I had flown to Paris for a meeting with plans to be there only overnight. Unfortunately, the volcanic eruption grounded over 100,000 flights and stranded millions of travelers worldwide. I was one of them, and I spent the next eight days stuck in Paris. I, I know that sounds like an odd complaint, but being stranded in one of the world's most romantic cities by yourself, going out to restaurants alone, and eating, okay, admittedly really excellent food, while watching couples chat and canoodle at nearby tables, well, having to call home every day and say, mm, no flights, honey, still stuck here in this miserable city, maybe tomorrow. It wears on a fella. So, that there is my Icelandic volcano story. And that, my friends, is the President's Daily Brief for Wednesday, 15 November. If you have any questions or comments, reach out to me at pdb at thefirsttv.com. I'm Mike Baker, and I'll be back later today with the PDB Afternoon Bulletin. Until then, stay informed, stay safe, stay cool. Hey everyone, Mike Baker here. I tell you what, let's talk phones, or rather, let's talk phone bills. Yeah, that's exciting, isn't it? I know, but let me give you a tip. If you're with Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile, well, you're overpaying for wireless. But there is a solution. Pure Talk will connect you to the most dependable 5G network in America for half the price of the big names. Now that's a savings for the average family of almost $1,000 a year. And when you switch to Pure Talk today, you'll get a Samsung 5G phone for free. That's right, I said free. No four-line requirement, no activation fee, just a Samsung phone built to last with a rugged screen, quick-charging battery, and top-tier data security. The qualifying plans start at just $35 a month for unlimited talk, text, 15 gigs of data, and a mobile hotspot. Just go to puretalk.com baker to claim your free brand-new Samsung 5G smartphone. And start saving on wireless today. Go to puretalk.com slash baker to make the smart switch over to the cell phone company that I count on to save money. Pure Talk.